Music Business What Is This is a podcast that focuses on the ever-changing music industry and presents issues and concerns that the average and above average musician has or will encounter. Hey everybody, I'm Richard Johnson. I'm Jeremiah Hunt. And today we're going to be talking about the music promoter. That's right. That's right. Everybody needs a promoter, whether you realize it or not, right? Mm -hmm. Your promoter could be social media. It could be a person. Um, It could be a company. But today we're talking specifically about the role of a person that does promotion and how that promoter works for you. Right. So first, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about just the word promoter and then we're going to talk about music promoter because they're similar, but a bit different. So hit us with that definition of promoter, a promoter, one who assumes the financial responsibilities of a sporting event, such as a boxing match, including contracting with the principals, renting the site and collecting gate receipts. Okay, that's a promoter. And you can have a promoter for it doesn't have to be boxing. It could be sports cars. It could be food, whatever. But that's just a promoter. Now, here's the definition by Merriam Webster dictionary of what a music promoter is. A professional. In the music industry who publicizes and promotes upcoming live performances and concerts. They typically work independently or for musicians and venues to organize events and book musicians and other performers. They may plan big events such as festivals or tours. Okay. A little bit different, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More specific, but different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since we're talking about music, we're going to discuss how they're going to, how they should benefit you and what they're doing so you can ask the right questions if need be. Before we get to that, um, when someone says promoter to you, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Venue. Venue. Yeah. Okay. Venue. You know what the first thing that comes to my mind is? What's that? Don King. Don King. (laughs) You remember him? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pictured him with crazy hair and this guy, you know, and I've been thinking about that for several days. Yeah. And why is it I think about him? Right. It may just be the air I grew up in and certain things, but it's probably because anytime I heard someone speak about the term promoter, it was Don King. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I did a little research on why is he one of the world's most popular promoters? Mm. Basically, it came down to he was great at hyping up an event. Right. So if I, so if I had to put it in a short, right to the point term, and this goes for music too, it has to be somebody. He has to have roles and responsibilities, but they're going to hype up your event. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's what you want. Yeah. You want someone to do that. Now, the ways they do that is going to vary. Mm. Um, Don had some interesting strategies, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some good, some not so good. Um, but, that promotion of your event is crucial to you because that energy is contagious. Yeah. Right. 
Mm. Think about it. If you have somebody who's bubbly and they walk into a room and you're having a bad day, you still may have a bad day. But after a while, you'll probably start being a little bubbly or at least you'll start thinking that way. Yeah. Now, if someone else walks in that way, now you've got double that on (laughs) you, right? And if people keep walking in with that, now you're the bad apple in the bunch. Mm. Right? So it's contagious. So everyone wants great promotion, Mm. right? So it's important to figure out, okay, if you're at the point where you need a promotion team or someone, you have to see what have they done and not just what have they done, how have they done it? Mm. Um, because you want to make sure whatever you're promoting, we're talking about music, is going to be promoted in a way that you're happy with. Yeah. Right? Um, I remember doing gigs in college, and I, I had a friend, um, great drummer. He's in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. He was an amazing promoter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He was like a walking billboard. He yeah. still is. I mean, talking to everybody, his bubbly spirit. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those people you want on your gig because he's going to promote it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so before social media was huge, you'd be like, yo, get so-and-so on the gig. Oh, everybody knows about the gig. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so even people who didn't like the guy would show up just to hate And I'd be like, cool, (laughs) you know, but that's what you need. Nowadays, you have social media. There's several different ways to do it. Yes, it was easier to promote yourself. It it is. Yeah, it's it's easier to promote yourself, especially when you you may not have that personality of a bubbly person. Right. You know, one of the benefits of social media is you can have a bad day and post a friendly photo of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) True. You know, so you want to be aware of that. Yeah. Okay, so um, the booking agent generally contacts the promoter. Mm. Okay? And once the promoter hears from the booking agent, they have to figure out, okay, who is this artist? So let's say it's Jeremiah Hunt. Um, How big is this following? Oh, we've sold 38,000 CDs um, last month. Promoter says, okay, <clears throat> where where were those CDs sold? They say, oh, well, they were sold in Iowa. Wow, 38,000 in Iowa. Mm. Okay, so we need to set up some gigs in Iowa or the Midwest. Mm. That's the first thing that's got to happen. So booking agent calls a promoter. They find promoter and he says, okay, well, we need a venue that can definitely hold 2,000 people. Because if he sold that much product, this is probably what's going to come out. Right. Um, Is it going to be 10%, 5%? That's what they figure out. Then the promoter says, okay, I'll find the venues. They find, let's say, four venues. Mm. They may find one in Des Moines because you can fly fly straight to Des Moines. Mm. You get there. So that's the anchor city Mm -hmm. for the promoter. So they've got this anchor venue like Mm. the big venue yeah that's the one where they're gonna sell the 2,000 tickets for $40 a piece to see you and then they're gonna have the t-shirts and then the USB drives with your music Mm. and the hats and the you know the far jackets and 
that's where they're going to make the biggest amount of sales. Mm. Right. So that's going to be able to pay for some of those flights. Right. Um, the bigger ticket items. Mm. So the anchor city is the city that you're going to mainly make the most money. Yes. Well, that's that's what's tour. getting. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's what the promoter <clears throat> is doing. It. I need to find a space that accommodates that. Mm. So let's say there's eight spaces in Des Moines. Mm. Right. Okay. One is a 2000 seater, but it's a ballroom. Do you want to play in a ballroom? Sure. Okay. <laughs> do it. Right. So that may be an option. But like, the sound might be a little bit. Right. Right. The sound may be a little funky according to what you're playing. Exactly. Another 2000 seat venue may be an outdoor amphitheater. Mm. Right. So you have to consider that. Another one may be a staged event um, in back of like a office building. Lots of big name companies have their own stages, mm. right? So, the, so the promoter, their job is to find the space that promotes your music, right? And it's fitting, right? Right, right. You don't want a space that's going to bring in a crowd of people that is it, it doesn't accommodate your music, right? Not mm. just the sound, but visibly. Is, is right. this the type of space that? I would plan because you got to realize before you even start playing, people going to see it. Mm. Right. So yeah. they're charged with finding that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more difficult when your options are limited. Sometimes it's super easy if you're in a mega city like London or New yeah. York City. There's plenty of options. Right. So then they find that. Um, and then from there, if the um, booking manager says, yeah, we have to complete four gigs, that's the main one. Now we need three other. So the other Gigs are usually regional cities that they can drive to, mm. right? So the promoter says, okay, I've got these three venues. We can get to one that's four hours north. We can get to another one that's three hours west of that one. And then we can go another venue, which is five hours south mm. of that one. And then we can get back and make the flight so they can fly to L.A. Mm. Right. So you've got the main venue and then you've got the other three venues that are regional venues. Right. And maybe those venues can only hold 800 people or a thousand. So they're charged to figure all this out. Mm -hmm. The promoter. And then they get their information and they go back to the booking manager or the manager, depending on the artist. And they say, hey, I've got these spaces. This can accommodate everyone. Uh, these are the tickets. We can do this price. Uh, security is included or it's not included. They work out all the numbers. And then generally the manager says yay or nay after they talk to the musician. Sometimes they need to talk to them. Sometimes they don't, depending mm -hmm. on the relationship. If the numbers work, everybody's good, then we keep it rolling. If not, the promoter's got to go back <laughs> and change some numbers or figure out a different venue or say, hey, this is another mm -hmm. option. Mm -hmm. Or if the manager thinks, hey, this drive to five hours south is too long for our artists, their legs start to go to sleep after four hours in a car. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the things they need to know. Mm. So that's what the promoter, <clears throat> the promoter is doing. And they're the go to person between the manager or the booking agent, depending on the musician, the mm -hmm. artist, uh, to make that venue happen. Right. Right. So um, that's the role that they're playing. And generally in that, their experience is crucial to making it successful. I mean, yeah. because really that's 
that's a crucial visibility point. Yeah. To your product. Yeah. You know, if I'm playing at Symphony Hall in Chicago, I'm like, yeah, I'm looking good. I'm in front of the right people. Right. But that's a lot different if I'm playing in a 2000 seat garage somewhere. <laughs> and it's not that it's bad, but that may not be the vision I have and that I want to give to the people. Right. So all that has to be super clear. Yeah. Um, up front, if possible. But once again, that all depends on the venues and, yeah. you know, what's there. And as a promoter, I feel like you have to know people as well. You mm -hmm. have to know a variety of people. That way you won't have just one type of, you know, fan or one type mm -hmm. of music fan coming to see your show. You can have a variety of people that's there and it'll, uh, you can explore different, um, whatever, like different avenues. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, take your music to different places. Yeah. That relationship is, is crucial to the people you have. And that's one of the reasons why you find most promoters are regional or in a certain city or a state because they have that relationship. They know the venues. Yeah. Right. It's, it's very rare. You find a promoter from, Pakistan trying to promote a venue in Nebraska. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't know. And there's just the opportunity is not, it just doesn't make sense right. <clears throat> most of the time, but you'll find it being re regional because they know the venues. Yeah. It's faster. They can get it done. They know the seats. They know if they're removable. If they mm -hmm. need a bigger stage, like all these type of things. After mm -hmm. a while, you just, you have an Excel sheet, you have a list. Okay. This one will probably know. So it's going to speed up. Uh, the process for everyone. Right. You know, for me, I started promoting my own gigs when I was in high school. Mm. My very first, I won't say my first gig, my first big gig, I actually did at my own high school. Mm -hmm. And I was in charge of promoting it. And I actually learned a whole lot um, about doing that because mm. I had no experience as a 17-year-old kid trying to fill an auditorium. Right. <laughs> um, a lot of my friends at school thought it was crazy because our auditorium could seat 800 people and I was doing a jazz concert and they were like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and my mentality was like, I'm going to try and even if I don't fill 800, let's say I get half or a little less, mm -hmm. that's still pretty good. Right. You know, so me being the promoter, I had these signs I created and the members of my band were at different high schools. So I gave them like 30 or 40 posters a piece to post at their high school and their churches and different places. Mm. So we worked together and we went on the radio and I went door to door, knocked on people's doors. We all did that. Like I had a meeting with them. Mm. I said, this is what we're going to do. This is going to be our messaging. And this is when I was 17 and they were like, Really? We're good. Okay, we're going to do. I was like, yeah, this is what we need to do to make sure we can get the most amount of people out to the gig. But we have to be consistent, mm. right? Because our messaging has to be clear for the promotion of the gig. Right. If the messaging's not clear, someone in Lexington, Massachusetts may come across or meet someone from Boxford, Massachusetts, which is a good 45 miles away mm. and say, that's not what we read or that's not what we heard. Right. We heard it was going to be a quintet and they said it was a trio. Mm. And, you know, so I said, we got to be clear about the marketing of it so that the promoters, which I was the promoter, right. <laughs> knew exactly what was going on. Fortunately, at that time, it was really all me. 
when right. I was learning the different roles. Yeah. And it, and it worked out great um, because we got a fair amount of people and sold food and blah, 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 and did the concert. And we made some good money as high school students from that. So, you know, being a promoter, it's it's not an easy job. Mm. Sometimes you're going to take a loss. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that. It's like playing a, a door gig. A door gig can be good or can not be so good. Mm. And some people are completely against it. And I totally understand. Right. But I think a lot of that comes down to your marketing and your promoter mm. or the promotion of the gig. Yeah. If you're a great promoter, like my friend in college, it was never an issue for him. I got. I'm, we're doing a gig. We're on it. Yeah. yeah. He he was a walking billboard. Yeah. So people were always there, showed up, and it was cool. Yeah. And then I had other friends that were like, uh, I just want to go in play and get paid, and I get that too. But you know that deals with you, and are you that walking billboard right. to be able to promote it? So the promoter's job. That's in a nutshell what they're what they're doing. That specifics, like once they get the venue, then depending on the ticketing team, um, they have to let them know, okay, what are the tickets gonna look like for the promotion? Yeah. Um, then you get in the sales, they're all connected. But the promoter's job is to bridge that gap. Mm. And that takes me back to a tour that I did last year. It's funny that you said uh, being, the promoter has to be clear mm. about you know the gig. Um, I did a tour last year where we went to Europe and um, the album that we were promoting, uh, the the piano player and the drummer were different, and on, then on the recording, yeah, or, then on the recording. Okay, so we we did the recording, and the uh, you know the band was what it was. But then when we went over, yeah, which to is normal, the album, yeah, yeah. yeah, the drummer and the uh, piano player were different. But on the brochure, it's had, had the, the people on yeah, the record, the people on the record, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they, we were getting promoted the wrong way and. Again, that's a promotion thing. Yep. You know, everything has to be clear in writing. And even then it doesn't, that's not a guarantee because mm. it doesn't mean people are going to remember what they read. Mm. This happens to me every day when I'm dealing with people. It's like, okay, I put points in the email. They hear these eight things and people will respond to two. Mm. It doesn't mean they didn't read it. It just means what's immediate to them and what's important. Right. Right. But when you have a band on a tour, that promotion of who's going to be there can help or hurt you, mm. right? Just because they're not on the record, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes the people on the tour are better than the record. Right. <laughs> and I'm not just talking musically. They could be better or be well-known. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. About two years ago, there was this bass player traveling around, a great bass player. He had great people on the record, but the rhythm section he had playing with them live these cats were like the top cats. Yeah. So every, when everybody saw that, they were going to the gigs. Yeah. Right? So you got to remember that's that's a crucial point. And that's where your manager and booking manager have to make sure they, you have to make sure they're doing their job. And that's why we talked about earlier, trusting them. And communication. And the communication. <laughs> like yeah. you need to make the music, but they got to have to do what they have to do. Because that's happened to me before too. I've shown up and there's been a different picture of, mm -hmm. of different pianists. Right. <laughs> and I'm looking at this like, I didn't cancel. I didn't show up last minute. Nobody got sick. Well, we've known about this tour for seven months. Mm -hmm. All the photos online, they couldn't find one that was me. <laughs> didn't ask. It's like, they just, this happens all the time. They'll just grab the first thing 
they do. Yeah. I had one situation was so crazy when I was working in the Middle East. It was so crazy. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this story and then we're going to end. So I'm running this establishment. Um, and everybody knows my name. I'm the jazz ambassador in the city and the country. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows me. So they promote this gig of mine that I'm on. And it was a new marketing person. And for the promotion, they created a billboard with my name on it. Mm-hmm. So somebody sent me a picture of the billboard. And the picture was of an 83-year-old dead veteran. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> they, and this is a real story. Wow. All of us in the venue cracked up. It was so bad. I had my name performing at the venue, website, all that was correct. Yeah. But the picture was a guy who was 83 years old. He was Caucasian. Gone. He was dead. <laughs> so the question everybody was asking, did they even look? at right. your site or did where did they get this they and if you go to google and you type in my name exactly i said let me just go in and see is there <laughs> it's there <laughs> so having said that we're going to end on that note make sure that your promoter is promoting you and not someone else <laughs> all right i'm richard johnson and i'm jeremiah hunt this is music business what is this we'll see you later Peace. This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. Mm-hmm.